Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. What kind of programs does this school have? How are the test scores? How many kids do a classroom? Homes.com knows these are all things you ask when you're home shopping as a parent. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, test scores, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by Homes.com's dedicated in-house research team. It's also you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Taking a Walk with Buzz Knight. Well, welcome to the Taking a Walk podcast. I'm your host, Buzz Knight, and I am thrilled with another in our series of Nashville shows with someone who has made and continues to make a little bit of impact on uh, Music Row. Carrie Edwards is the founder and president of management firm KP Entertainment, and she manages the careers, uh, among others, of country stars Luke Bryan and Cole Swindell. And I'm so grateful to be taking a walk with Carrie. Carrie, thank you for thank having you. us here. What an intro. I get like that makes me overwhelmed just hearing it put like that, to be honest. Thank you for having me. Well, do you have a sense of how important a figure you are in the business to females in the Nashville music workforce? Well, that is a very good question because I, I think it really hit me in the last probably three or four years Um, because I just put my head down and go and do my deal and I love what I do and I love music so honestly I had never really truly stopped and thought of it that way but then I started. I'm now that person that you walk in the in the room and you're looking around and people are like, "Hey, hi!" But then I'm like, "Oh no, I don't know who that is." I've become that person, which makes me mad. But it's also a compliment, in my opinion, because I remember doing that, you know, to people that I looked up to and admired and like followed what they did. And and the first few times that happened to me personally, I mean, it did kind of freak me out in the moment because I'm like, I've always known everybody. How do I not know who this is? But then, you know, it, that's kind of how I 
put it in perspective and that's one of the things that made me realize like oh gosh and then and then just like I do try to do stuff and trying to do even more in the community and outreach and doing some coffees and some sit downs and you know with people that reach out and and just inquire and say they have questions and they want to you know get to know me and that kind of thing I try not to ignore those I think that's an important part of how we keep this legacy going in general for country music, you know. So I try to stop and look at that at times, and that has helped me also be like, okay, <laughs> you got but a lot you're of people. Being humble. You're being humble. Well, I'm being it. truthful. It really is how I look at it. Yeah. Well, so what is the state in your mind of um, uh, females in the music industry in terms of leadership and management uh, from your perspective today? And mm-hmm. how do you also view the state of female artists in country music? Right. I think it's, you know, that's obviously two separate questions. But the first one being, you know, with our leadership, I, I do, I am, I'm proud for both, actually, the artist level and the executive level of, of women in this role. But, you know, I do feel like when I first started, which, I mean, it's, I, I guess I technically have done management probably 15 years. I've worked with Luke Bryan for 20, but in the first part, I did more publishing and some other areas of the business. But when I truly stepped in the management thing, I mean, there was there was probably two or three women, period, that were even doing that. And and then even management, it wasn't even just about the women. I feel like there weren't a, there are many more managers in general now than there was then, male or female. Because I feel like back then, when I look back at it, you know, there was probably you know ten or so that, and those people managed everybody, you know, and it man, men and women, you know. So, but now I feel there's a lot more diversity even in the day to day management roles in general, and I feel like there's a lot more people out there doing it, and that doors have opened for them in, in general. Um, but Were there the, as many day to day managers then? I don't not not really that I remember. I mean, I worked at a record label for like seven years, and but you had a manager, and you had a team at the at the management companies. But I don't know if they were. Ex- there just seemed to be a lot more day-to-days and management and like different tiers than there was then, which I think is a good thing for our industry now. So the trials and tribulations, though, as a female working your way through, um, were there ever these dark moments where you didn't necessarily have someone to go ask advice for as you were trying to work your way through the, the business? I mean, yes, I didn't. I, I think I had, but I had I had men that were there that stepped up to if I ever had a question. I mean, I had a handful. I mean, Marion Craft was always an amazing, you know, female leader for management side for me, even from the very beginning. I mean, I took her to lunch immediately when I was even considering doing this, when I considered it and probably wasn't really ready for the role or even understood what the role really was going to be about at that time. But I believed in my artist and I believed in what they were trying to do. So I, you know, I didn't let that completely stop me because I did see something in referring to Luke, Brian, I did see something in him that I knew that I had to just figure out. And um, there were definitely hiccups along the way that made me stop and go, oh my gosh, you do have so much more to learn, you know. But I also was determined to not fail him. But is the, the treatment of females the way it should be these days in the business? 
I just think that's a personal opinion. Like, I, I don't feel like it has put up walls for me personally. Now, are there walls? Yes, there's walls. And not, I mean, in our industry and in many industries. I mean, I don't think it's just about the music industry, but I don't, I, I don't think, I think you can let that block your mind and block your drive, or you just keep freaking doing it. <laughs> and I just kept freaking trying to figure it out and doing it. You know, but I, I mean, I had a few examples. I mean, even, but you know, then female executives, you know, there was Connie Bradley at ASCAB. There was Donna Hilly at Sony, because that was my world a little bit more. My world was publishing and, and that side of things when I first got into it, you know, but they were some of the few. There was another publishing lady that was amazing, Karen Conrad, in the business. You know, there, there was definitely a handful of those leaders, but, you know, at that time, as far as like, label heads and that thing you know is definitely more men driven for sure but I don't feel like I don't ever feel like I stopped and went oh they're not letting me do that because I'm a female I never I never I really never did view it that way you just plowed ahead I plowed <laughs> and I tripped and I rumbled and tumbled and fell <laughs> sounds like a song <laughs> maybe so <laughs> I'm not sure he would do, go so well but we'll see you know, you could work work the, the magic somehow, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I do. I think there's been a, an amazing growth and awareness for all of us, you know. And I, I do think it does. It has turned the corner, and it has. You know, we have a long way to go, of course. But again, I don't think it's just about country music industry. I think it's just as a whole, you know. And I and I do think that that there's been a lot of focus on it you know and change and we'll keep changing hopefully so you've been with this guy what's his name luke uh billin yeah. no brian i'm yeah. sorry I'm, I, I see Close. his name all over bryant. the place oh luke bryant you've been with this, <laughs> we've gotten that before don't worry <laughs> you've been with this gentleman uh a few years yes and uh what a ride it, it's actually weird to say out loud how long that's been <laughs> How many years? I mean, we're going on 20 when I first met him. Yeah. Again, I started with him in the publishing world and was helping him book song rights and do that side of things. So he he had a he had a um artist thing happening, but he didn't have a record deal or any of that when we first met. So I count those years cuz that's like, you know, sure. I was still working with him and doing stuff. So there were there was probably 5 years of that before like it was like an official handshake you should be my manager moment thing. So what was that first moment when you guys met? Where? Yeah, who was at the publishing It was. Uh, um, he had gotten signed. He had just moved to town. He got signed to a writing deal pretty quickly compared to a lot of people. I think he just kind of met the right people at the right time, and he got a writing deal. And then I was hired at that company to be like a creative director, so like to pitch the songs and, and work on combining songwriting opportunities with other writers and that side of things so i met him it was called murrah music and roger murrah was the owner of that company hall of fame songwriter um and i got hired to work there and that's kind of where we first i mean met i remember meeting him in, a, in the kitchen of that building it was a house on music row 
And what was that first encounter like? I mean, and what it's very Luke, you? very Luke like because he's very you know <laughs> engaging and loud and like you're not gonna you know when. But I mean, that was being walked around the building to like meet everybody. But yeah. you know, I, I don't know why I remember that being in the kitchen, but for some reason I do. <laughs> I mean, um, I was fortunate thanks to you and Luke and your team to be at one of those famous Super Bowl parties. Nice, and, yes. Uh, Thank you. It's the, one of the best experiences. But <laughs> but you're not going to escape the presence of Luke. You're not. No. Right? No. He can't help himself. <laughs> I mean, but it's like, it's so great. Yeah. It's like this immediate, like, oh my God, this guy's not only an unbelievable performer, but he's pretty freaking cool guy too yeah he is he's and he really is that the guy i met in the kitchen it's the same guy he really is the same guy i can't explain it like how does that happen he it hasn't affected him in a way that's you know i guess what gross i don't know what the word is but but i think you know between his family and just different people in his life it's like you know i think everybody's kept it pretty real to yeah keep it level yeah yeah, but isn't that a function of the authenticity of Nashville also? I think so. I love Nashville. I love our people. I mean, it's, it's real. Good. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad I ended up here. Where would you have ended up if you didn't end up here? You're from West Virginia, right? I am right? from West Virginia. I probably would still be in West Virginia. I mean, truthfully, yeah. my parents kicked me out the curve to go <laughs> explore life. <laughs> what would you be doing if you weren't doing this? I really don't know. I mean, I, initially, I thought I was going to be a school teacher. Oh, that would have been horrible. <laughs> I love school teachers, but for me personally, <laughs> I would have been like, ah. So, yeah. So Do you ever stop and think and go, like, what has happened? Wow. I mean, it's funny you say that because yesterday one of my employees was having a birthday and, um, you know, we try to post on our social media when somebody's birthday or something. So I was, I was in the studio with another artist, but in the meantime, I was trying to scroll to find some photos, you know, to like send in to post. And when I was scrolling, I stopped and another person that works uh, with me was at the studio doing content. And I looked at him and I went, Oh my gosh, sometimes I don't, it's just hitting me right now as I'm scrolling through these photos, how much happens in my life in a week's time. And it, like, I was so grateful in that moment of like, wow, like scrolling through here, I, we, you know, we've done a festival in Mexico, we've done a farm tour, we've done Vegas shows, we've done, you know, Cole's done, that. I mean, like, it's just, it's crazy to like think about. It's really, it's really a blessing, but it's, and then, you know, then I'm scrolling, look at my kids going to, both of them going off to college and leaving me. And like, like all this has happened in the last 10 months. It's like a lot. It's overwhelming in a great way though. I mean, we've signed songwriters. We've done, I mean, it's crazy to look at your content. Have you ever done that? Like scrolled through your photos and just been like, yeah, I sort of go, you know, what happened for these three weeks? It was a blank. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just, no. I don't believe that. So the story of Cole yeah. is pretty incredible. Epic, yes. Um, he was a merchandising guy, right? He was. He um, he and Luke met. They had gone to the same college and were actually in the same fraternity. Luke was a few years ahead of him, but when Luke would go back to play frat parties, 
Cole would show up, you know, and he was just super intrigued by that Luke did that. And he asked a lot of questions and I'm telling their version of the story. I wasn't there at that time, but, (laughs) but, um, you know, Luke just says he was always asking questions and like just intrigued by, you know, everything I was doing. And, and you, and Cole will tell this too. Like, I think it was, um, I don't know what year it was, but Luke was doing a party and Luke got excited. He was like, Hey, I wrote this song. And he, and Cole tells the version of like, that was the first time it hit Cole that you could write the songs, you know, because he would always do like Cole would go out and do some little club stuff, him and this other guy, but like they would do covers, of course. So Cole says it never occurred to me that I should figure out how to write my own songs <laughs> until Luke was saying that that day. So um, they go super way back, and Luke just really um, wanted to. Cole just became more and more in, serious about it, and. Um, Luke wanted to try to help him. So Luke calls me one day and just says, hey, you know that Cole guy? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, because Cole would show up at shows, like even past the fraternity stuff, he would come to like these, you know, we had a bar in Atlanta, Peachtree Tavern and just different places. And he would always come to him. If it was drivable, Cole would be there, like always. And so I kind of knew him even then, you know, at that point. But, you know, he said, he wants to move to town. Do you have a job for him? And uh, I mean, I've told the story before, but I always laugh because I was like, no, I mean, first of all, I'm not sure I've ever gotten paid yet. <laughs> like, so, I don't know. I'm supposed to pay somebody else. <laughs> um, so Luke's like, oh, okay. And he hangs up and then it hit me later. Like, I mean, pretty, maybe 30 minutes after that. I'm like, I called him back. I go, well, you do need somebody to sell your t-shirts when we go out on the, you know, this next time. And we were literally about to leave. And Luke called, he got excited. He goes, I'll call you back. And he hangs up and calls him. And Cole got in his car and drove up that day. And he was with us from then on out. (laughs) Isn't that great? It was so great. You know, but, you know, to give Cole way credit that he deserves, I mean, he took that, you know, I mean, he took that job and he did the job of selling shirts. But he didn't just sell shirts. He learned so much out there, you know, watching shows happen. And, you know, he would watch, you know, buses roll up and trucks unload. And, I mean, even then, I mean, Luke, I mean, Luke didn't even have a hit then. You know, so we were in who knows what vans. And I remember, you know, finally getting to take a bus one time. And we got so excited. I think we were opening for either, either Brooks and Dunn or Dirks. I'm trying to remember which one was the first bus moment. But because it's always a big deal. I have a photo of it, actually, when, uh, whenever the first bus actually got to have it. It was just for one night. We didn't get it. <laughs> it got taken away from us real quick after that. But, but my whole point of that is that Cole, you know, he, he was doing more than selling shirts. He watched it all happen. He watched shows. He watched interaction. He watched things that worked and didn't work from stage because he was, he was the only one at the front of the stage that could actually watch the show because he was set up facing the stage to sell the shirts most of the time. So he got all the he got all the fun stuff. You know, he got to witness all of it and the good and bad, the fights and all of it that <laughs> happened in bars. But you are the uh, example of someone who through your career has really uh, worked your way through every possible ladder starting as an intern and then mm-hmm. working your way through through that onto your next uh, work within the publishing mm-hmm. side and everything. Um, for someone who is maybe listening to this, who is considering this business mm-hmm. or any business, 
what advice would you give him on working your way through every ladder so you learn a lot? Well, I truly feel like I look back at those and I was truly just as excited about being able to be an intern. Once I realized what interning in the music industry, I walked into that building. My first internship was Arista Records. I walked into that. I did not know what it even meant. I did not know what I was walking in to do. I met a lady named Denise Nichols who did radio promotions at the time at a show in West Virginia, and that's truly how I even got the internship. I did not even know what it meant. I walked in there going, I'm interning here. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. But and, but the minute I walked into that building, and at Arista Records at the time wasn't hadn't been around that long. I mean, you know, the, the history is Brooks and Dunn, Pam Tillis, Diamond Rio, Alan Jackson. I mean, it was pretty uh, an amazing building to walk in on and immediately learn the process from. You know, I mean, it still blows my mind that I ever got to be a part of that. But I was hooked immediately. I was sitting there watching all the stuff. The, the office was probably under 20 people. So you kind of heard and saw it all, even when you weren't supposed to, <laughs> you know, because we were kind of in a tight little half of a hallway of offices. And I, and I was under um, Tim Dubois ran Arista Records and Mike Dungan. There was a guy, Alan Butler. He was very well known in the industry then. And, the, I mean, just the fact that I learned from those people who were great at their jobs, but they were just great people. And at the end of the day, I just think being a great person is, I mean, you win, you can win tenfold, in my opinion, you know, approaching it that way. Um, but going back to your original question about advice, I mean, I just try to encourage people to like, just be patient with it all because it I feel like in our rushed and more and more society of of everything happening in the second and you're tired of it here and you got to move on and all that. But, like, if you can just stop and, like, I, I remember telling a friend that moved here and got in the business and they got a great job in publishing, but then immediately was get another offer within months to go to a different publisher. And then next thing I know, that guy was calling me back. He's like, hey, this label reached out. I mean, this all was happening within like a two-year period. And I finally just stopped and I said, hey, I said, at some point, you have to stay somewhere where you can make a difference. You're moving around too fast. Don't chase the money. Do not chase the money. Stay somewhere and make some difference. And then move. Because then you'll be even worth more because you've already made an imprint on something somewhere else. So that's kind of advice, for, I guess, for me right now. A little thing that I've been on in my little head of, <laughs> I guess, this younger generation of like, hey, don't just be patient. It's going to happen. It's going to happen if you work for it. It didn't just go fall in your lap. You still have to work for it. So you're managing brands. You're managing certainly a, a, a brand in, in Luke Bryan. Mm -hmm. um, what are your sort of core principles about managing a brand when you look for uh, opportunities, collaborations, partnerships? Well, I really have always tried to keep it real and authentic. Um, to that specific artist because I really think that you can see through it when it's not and um, I, I just think that and I think our audience is smarter than we think sometimes and they you know they I mean they, they can tell when things are being posted 
from the person directly and not, you know, so do you just kind of own that it's not and go ahead and say it, you know, or do you, you know, so it's just that, but when you're, when I'm picking partnerships, you know, I, I really do think that, um, like, for instance, I think right before you, you came in, we were talking about Lucas launching a jockey with Jockey, Jockey Outdoors, or like a clothing brand with them. And it truly just made sense because Luke is a very known outdoorsman. I mean, that was a given. You know, we have aligned with Jockey on some other pieces with Luke and just realized, you know, just their values as a company and they're family owned and they're very, um, they're just, just what they stand for as a whole and, you know, kind of that middle America thing and the whole, all of it, the heartland, like all of it just felt like it fit Luke perfectly and it wasn't a stretch. You know, then we get into the business of you go into this whole process of you're meeting with him, you're, you're looking at the product. You're, I mean, I mean, he and I, we were touching and feeling it and like, no, I don't like that design. And you know, let's try that. And you're like in it. And I mean, I want to be in it. Like if his name's going to be on it, he needs to be in it. And I think he views it that way, too. You know, I mean, he takes that stuff seriously. And, you know, you walked out of that. And, I mean, I remember the first time we left that meeting with them, I was just like, this is exciting. Because, you know, it's it's really like you're putting your, your name on something that you can walk away and be proud of. You know, and I think you got to do that on all these pieces. I mean, you can take it for the money. But I think, in, you know, initially, that'll, eventually that'll not go so well <laughs> for you. <laughs> So the uh, ear of hearing a hit when you when you songs. hear something when you hear um, I'm clapping songs my favorite topic <laughs> when you hear uh, hunting and fishing and yeah. loving every day did I get the title right you did yeah well done um, it's a mouthful did you hear that immediately and go boom oh he. Well, he was a writer on that, um, Luke, being Luke. Um, yes, because it, I mean, I mean, it. you can't scream anything more <laughs> authentic than that song for him. I mean, he smiles all the time. He's loving every day. He really does. He wakes up. He, he really has very few bad days, which is a feat for anybody, you know. So, I mean, that title was... It couldn't have been any more perfect, <laughs> but it also just had a message, and it also it did what it needed to do in a song. It wasn't just about the title, but you know, it did fit him, and I, I didn't know that one. I mean, there, I mean, you know, there's been. St- I mean, when Cole walked in, and you know, he he didn't even have a record deal when he came and played me chill in it, but he walked in. I knew he wanted to. He'd been he'd been talking about pursuing the artist thing again. Um, and when he walked in and played that demo, I mean, he we, he and I, we we actually were just talking about this like four weeks ago in, at a show. But, you know, I, he played that and his take was that I sat there with like my head down and didn't really make any reaction. So he took it that... I hated it, and, like, he was so uncomfortable. I think he was trying to run out the office. (laughs) But I didn't even realize I was doing that. I had my head down because in my brain so much stuff was going, and I was thinking, oh, my gosh, this song is massive. And I I turned it off, and I was like, 
wow. And he's like, well, I probably hyped it. I probably, it's, you know, because he really thought I didn't like it. And I just said, Cole, stop. I'm like, do you really want to do this artist thing? And he goes, I do. And I'm like, well, then this is the song. You know, this is the song. This, like, in my opinion, like, this, you know, it was a game changer because it was different for the, it, it stood out to me than anything else on the radio and that that was going on. You know, not too far that I didn't think it would work. It was just different enough that I thought, I mean, I can take this song and, and I mean, it did everything that we hoped it would be doing when I heard it that day. But, you know, he had multiple record deals. So it was a very different story than what I experienced with, with Lou because he he wasn't getting offers for a record deal. And we we plowed at that for a long like a year or two like doing showcases and like no in luke's world nobody would say no but nobody would say yes but with cole and that song and what it started doing and then xm started playing it and then he had multiple record deals so i was in like it was night and day like i had never been in a position where i'm like oh my gosh now i'm now we got to choose who to pick. Like the other one was like, somebody please, <laughs> you know? So it's just, it's just funny how things happen. Is there something though that you, f- you feel when you hear that song at that moment that you, it's a, this indescribable notion that it you know, is, it's, but it's really, it is hard to describe. Like, I don't know how I would describe when somebody sends a song to me that I feel like works perfect for somebody that I'm working with. Um, Hopefully you get to a point with your artist, if you're a song person, not every manager, that's not their thing. They may not be into that. You know, I'm crazy into that. It's like I I tell myself often that if I get sent a song and the, the moment I get sent a song and it doesn't do what it does to me right now, then that means I need to, to, you know, pack it up. I mean, in my opinion, for me personally, yeah. like I don't like it when I lose that. And maybe I never do. I hope I never do. But if that ever happens, that would be my cue to be like, all right, you're burnt out. <laughs> you need to go do something else. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, because it's easy to get burnt out sometimes, you know. But that keeps you on edge, it, though, in, yeah. a, in a good way, right? To just sort of always be curious. I got in the car, I think, two weeks ago with my son and my husband, and we were driving. It was a Friday, and my son happened to be in town for the weekend from school, and we were riding to go eat, and I went, guys, it has been a good week. And they're like, why? What do you mean? And I'm like, I found four songs this week. Four in one week that I loved. And that doesn't happen that often. I'm like, so... And then I made them listen to them all weekend. <laughs> they were like, okay, we get it. You love this. <laughs> but I'm getting chills talking about this because it really is, you know, backing up the joy of what music is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, can you describe what music does to people i think it's all the things right what are they what was the saying for a while all the feels <laughs> that was a hot saying a few years ago but i just think it depends on the song and the mood and the person i mean you know what a song could do for me might do something different for you you know truthfully but i mean but i the the couch you're sitting on when i got sunrise sunburn sunset repeat 
I was jumping on that couch and I played it over and over in my office probably 10 times. I had to call every one of the writers. They were like, okay. And, and I was trying to get it to Luke, but he was at a family dinner and he wasn't answering me and I was losing my mind. And then I was like, and if, I'm like, you have got to answer your phone. And then he called. He's like, what is wrong with you? I'm trying to eat dinner. And I'm like, okay, well, when you're done, go listen to what I sent you immediately. Oh, that's great. So those moments are so amazing. It's such joy yeah yeah i mean dylan scott i work with him as well on he's on curb and he i mean two nights ago well no i'm sorry it was last thursday because i went on the road with him to go see a show and he jumped on the bus he's like he's i wrote a song last night and i'm like what are you waiting on (laughs) he goes you want to listen now well yeah (laughs) that's just the best part that's awesome it is it's so fun so what's the roadmap for uh KP uh, in the next three years. What are you, what are you setting your sights on that you could share? Well, I have. Um, I was fortunate enough to sign. I have a lot of sites. I have a lot of little goals, I guess, for myself. But we'll we'll pick a couple and talk about. But there's, I was assigned a guy named Chase Beckham. He won American Idol two years ago, and Luke is a judge on American Idol. So I watch a lot of American Idol. Um, I We're at the, all the auditions and the tapings. And it's, I mean, Luke and Katie and Lionel and Ryan put in a lot of work. They really do. It's like more than I ever, ever understood was going to go into a show like that. But they take it seriously. They work hard. You know, I, I watch, you know, I'm talking hundreds of kids come through there and I'm watching their whole audition and stuff that's not even shown on TV, you know, like a lot of stuff. But I guess it was season three or four for Luke and he and Chase was on there and I don't know, there was just something about him the whole time that I couldn't stop being intrigued about. And we are not like it's very separated. I mean as as a manager I'm in a room and I'm watching T V monitors. I'm not interacting with the contestants in any way and the judges really kinda are in the moment, but they're not either. Like I mean they keep it you know, you can't show partiality in any way and they don't wanna ever sway anything. So they're very, you know, they do that purposely, but but with him, I just, like, the whole season, I just kept commenting and, like, oh, this and that and this song. Oh, my gosh, he wrote that song about himself. And, like, it's awesome. And, it, like, and then it was over, and it's over, and we come back to Nashville, and you kind of wait and decide are you going to do another season of it or not. But his um, stepdad called me, found my number, and called and just said, hey, you know, would you ever consider taking a meeting with him? And again, you know, I mean, for a minute, I kind of stopped. So I was like, am I allowed to do that? You know, I really wasn't sure. I didn't know if there were rules. I mean, no one ever told me there was rules or anything to any of that, but also it was just wanting to be careful about it, you know? And, um, so I met, I did a couple calls with him and then he came into Nashville. He was about to move here and he's from Southern California and he came, came here and I, took him and we did a couple meals and I'm like oh my gosh I mean I truly felt like I was at a point where I probably didn't need to sign another artist but I couldn't walk away from him there's just he I'm so excited about him as as an artist his his voice is amazing his songwriting blows my mind because he had never even co-written a song until like a year and a half ago. And he moved here and like, he is crushing it. Like when he sends me a song, 
another another one see it's always about the song for me I always end up going back there but it's true like he has just really blown me away for as little as he's been little time as he's been doing it um, so my whole point of that in a very very long way of answering that is that I am crazy excited about him and getting him to a next level kind of deal and um, I, I, I refuse to lose on that <laughs> I'm going to win on getting the world to know him even more than they do so so look out for that um, Dylan Scott who I mentioned a, you know a little bit ago he I think we started working together two years ago. So we've worked two songs to radio so far. Luckily, knock on wood, they've both been number one, so I didn't get fired, yay! (laughs) So that's good. Um, But he has been just a great, a well-rounded, like, I really think he's like this little hidden jewel that that people are about to really, really figure out. Like, on stage, he is great. He is entertaining. He does all the things on stage. And then his his music that he just put out a few months ago is just, I mean, his streams, and it's it's clicking. So, it's I was on a mission with him, too, because I do think he was, and even for me, like, I knew who he was, and he'd had a couple hits, but I didn't know enough about him until I started working with him and now I'm like all right we got to raise we got to raise the profile on this guy because he is the he's the deal so that's pretty my my you know not to leave out anybody else obviously that I'm doing stuff with but those are some personal missions for sure some highlights yeah, yeah. Some highlights. but they're all highlights yeah they are every day I mean, they really are I yeah. mean like but there's a lot of pressure I'm like oh, gosh people's livelihood is in your hands it's stressful <laughs> It's stressful. How do you deal with that? I truly try to... I don't balance well, like, personal life and work life. I'm terrible. Luckily, I have, like, really awesome kids and husband. So, that haven't kicked me out the window yet. (laughs) I don't know. They really have been amazing because I can't... I can't ever shake it. I can't... Like, I try to relax and I I suck at it. It's terrible. (laughs) It's terrible. I don't know. It's well, just, it's, I'm, I'm somehow eat up with it. I don't know. You said to me about being on the podcast, well, I hope I don't suck. Well, you didn't suck. <laughs> Thank you. And you don't suck at uh, the rest of it. And it's a joy to be with you Thank on you. the Taking a Walk podcast. Thank you for having me. It means a lot. Thank you. Taking a Walk with Buzz Knight is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.